I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. This is for the last. This is for the last. This is Reform Raza, and we are back. I am Martin Velasquez, alongside with Justin Corona, and welcome, welcome, everybody. This is Pastor Vic. Oh snap! And we're here once again with part two of "Is It a Sin?" Most anticipated episode of the year thus far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, is podcasting a sin? It could be, actually. Anything could be a sin. Hey, the Bible says whatever is not done in faith is sin. Yeah, and if people idolize it. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, here we are once again. We took a cool little trip up to Ventura County. That nice was dope. Episode. And now we're back to our regular series of, of Is It a Sin? Part two. Part deuce. Dos. Deuce, deuce. Deuce, deuce. And so, what are we going to talk about today? What? Okay, so first of all, let me start off with this. So ultimately, the goal of talking about these things is to encourage the body of Christ to grow in maturity, to grow in faith, and ultimately just to, to pro- progress in our sanctification. That's, that's, yeah. that's the whole Christian life, that we are supposed to grow in holiness. We're supposed to be advancing in our walk. We're not supposed to be the same as today as we were you know, five years ago. We're supposed to be advancing in the spirit. Growing. So we're supposed to be growing. So that's that's the whole point of the Christian walk, denying ourselves, getting closer. As we get closer to God, you know, the things of the flesh, things that once tempted us before shouldn't be tempting us mm-hmm. no more because we're growing in maturity and love and hope and faith. The Bible doesn't call us to be a spiritual man-child. There you go. Man-child. Spiritual man-child. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like this. It's like this. It's, it's like when you look... Have you ever seen the movie Big? No, I haven't. With Tom Hanks? Where like he, he goes to the fair, he, he does that little make-a-wish thing, he puts a coin in. And basically, in the movie, he becomes an adult, but he's still like a 12-year-old. See, and so he looks like an adult, but he, his <laughs> mind and his, his See, way of talking, yeah, thinking yeah. is like a child. There you go. That's perfect, because we're not supposed to be yeah. like that. What I think of is like when you take a cruise down to like, you know, the hood or you go to Santana or something like that, you see these, these gangster-looking dudes all thugged out, but they have wrinkles, you know what I mean? They're, st- they're, they're old, but they're still trying to thug it, you know? They're still trying to bang yeah. at like 50 years old. It's like, bruh. They shave the head so you yeah. don't see their headline. <laughs> Tattoos all sagging and everything, but yeah, like that we shouldn't be like that. Like we shouldn't be like ten years from now still asking the same questions or or struggling with the mm-hmm. same issues. You know, there's no advancement. There's no power in that. So that's the purpose of of us going through these kind of things so that you can you know take in consideration the topics that we're that we're bringing to the table and and examine yourself to see. If you're still a spiritual child, if you're like five years old, five years old, five years into the faith mm-hmm. and you're, you're not advancing, you're still asking basic questions, you know, I encourage you to step your game up. I've been saved for, since 2013, how long ago was that, like six years? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can, like, not to be bold for nothing, but I can see the difference in my walks from when I first started walking with the Lord all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that there has been a, a, a difference, a change. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's how we're supposed to be going about our Christian walk. And, and, so, I, and I think it's cool that we're going through this too because um, in a way it's bringing to light for those that are listening and even to ourselves too, just yeah. the importance because a lot of these questions and topics that we're addressing it's bringing it to light in the way of like, man, like why, why are we even asking these questions? Yeah. Like if we are asking these questions and trying to see if we could justify maybe some habits we can continue in that we're yeah. still continuing in, or maybe uh, questions of things that we still desire to, to do, but being saved, it's just one of those things where it's bringing it to light and showing that like, hey, like, like I'm going about this the wrong way. Yeah. Because there is no way that we could have 
um, the Holy Spirit in us while doing these things because we're grieving the Spirit. Yeah. And at the same time, too, we have to look at it, too, like, are what we doing glorifying God? And I remember, um, I don't remember who, which pastor it was. I remember I was listening to a pastor a long time ago, probably like four or five, I don't know, long, a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And it was on YouTube, and the pastor was saying that, can I ask God to bless me doing this? Can I ask for the blessing of God during this? So, and one of the examples he was saying that, like, if I go to a club, can I honestly, with a with a with a with an open conviction, go and and ask God, God bless me here while I'm at the club, <laughs> like like your Holy Spirit empower me here at the club. Can can I can we honestly ask for God's blessing upon whatever it is we're doing? All right. Well, yeah. Hey, now that you brought that up, let's start with that yeah. one. How about that? All right. So we'll start with clubbing and going to the bar. Yeah. Is it a sin to go clubbing? So remind you, the last episode we touched on drinking, and our answer from what scripture does say is that drinking is not a sin, but getting drunk is a sin. Yeah. But uh, but most of this is just using wisdom. Why would we, as a follower of Christ, look after drinking? Why would we see that as something to go and do yeah. as far as um, just being a light? How are we going to be a light doing that? How are we going to represent Christ in that way? Yeah. So let's start with you, Victor. Can we ultimately say, going to club, is it a sin or is it not a sin? Is that a yes or no answer? Oh, for me, uh, it's a definite yes. Yeah. It's like, what is a Christian doing at a club? <laughs> you know, people may say, um, well, we're just being a light. Well, it's like, Everybody's drunk, everybody's under the influence. I don't know how you can be a light in a club. People are, <laughs> people are under the influence of something, whether it be uh, drugs or the devil. Yeah. And, the, and the Bible does tell us not to argue with the with the drunk. And so I, I think when it comes to the club, we just want to conform to that. There's no, uh, there's no really being a light there because... Um, it's just the environment that you're placed in. It's not a good environment for a Christian to be in. What would you say if then someone says, well, I just like to go because I like to go with my friends and just dance to music? I think it's very unwise, and I think it is sinful because the environment that, you, that you're that you in mm-hmm. is darkness. It is wicked. It is sinful because everyone goes to the club with the same mentality, with the party mentality. Tonight is on. I'm going to get mines today. I'm going to hit it, at least for guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hook up with the first chick that I see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get high. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to, you know, try to, you know, not to be too explicit, but try to rub up on some girl or something. That's the kind of mentality that you go to a yeah. club with. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like expecting. Everyone's like in, this, in, like in one mind and one accord. <laughs> Everyone is trying to get something out of someone. You know what I mean? Everyone's looking for their own gain. Yeah. Everyone's trying to. Yeah. Everyone is trying to, <clears throat> whether it's sexual, whether it's uh uh, you know, getting drunk, everyone is trying to do something sinful. Yeah. So there is no place for the Christian inside of a club. So it's you're saying not. that at the club, you don't see people in the corner reading their Bibles? <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be weird. That'd be awkward. Because the Dude, music's really loud. Yeah. How are you going to go up in the club? Well, what if, just, I mean, you, if, if you're deaf, you wouldn't mind not hearing music. Wow. You would feel the beat probably in the pages. Like, you'd see. I think that's, that's, uh, I don't think that's a wise decision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Imagine the conviction you would bring, though, to people there. I don't think oh, so. No, 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 no. I don't think there'd be no <laughs> conviction because I, what I think about when, when, I, when I think about going to a club, I think about Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah. I, I, I only say that. Well, oh, okay. So, vulnerable moment. All right. So, I only say that because in the last episode, I mentioned how, um, as far as my experience drinking as a believer, uh, that we went to Vegas for a, a brother's bachelor. And I remember it was the last night. We went to two venues. Mm-hmm. And uh, we and, and, and uh, two two of our top DJs were, were playing there. And so it was just us guys. We weren't dancing with any other women except for um, a, uh, one of the guy's friend who was single. He went and, and, and we lost him the whole night. <laughs> I but, wonder uh, what he was doing. But 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 for the majority of us, we were just together. We're we're drinking from the bar, and then we're just like jumping, like like going woo, because we were we were watching Tiesto and another guy named Cascade. But anyways, so last last night of us being there, 
Um, we ended up getting a an Uber to back to the hotel. Yeah. It was like four in the morning, four or five in the morning. And as we were leaving, dude, it was man. I felt like a wall of conviction just smacked me in the face because. Wait, you went as a Christian? Yes, this was like four years ago. Remember, he was talking about that night. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So this was this was me, you know, and and so that whole that whole weekend was was just like me, just like guilty, but still doing uh, drinking, right? Yeah. But um, that last night we were leaving the venue. We got in the Uber, and this guy was a Christian. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was playing some worship songs, and oh, I and and of course I'm sitting in the passenger seat right next to the guy, and he and and he's and he's like trying to conversate with me, and at the same time I'm just like ducking my head. I'm just like uh, trying to not conversate. You know, it's five in the morning, like trying to act like I'm sleeping, <laughs> but at the same time in my heart and and my my chest is pounding. Like man, I'm so convicted because. Because he was playing worship songs. This guy is a yeah. believer. And in my head, I'm like, how do I look right now? Yeah. Coming from a venue, coming, you know, drinking, you can smell the alcohol from us. And yeah. I'm just like, man, like, this does not look good at all. And so that's why um, just this after that whole weekend, man, I felt a strong conviction. And, and I felt like I had to, man, just get saved again. <laughs> but, but by the grace of God, man. Yeah. I see you have a scripture, Victor. We're looking yes. at no, yeah, I, I want to point out that, uh, I mean, it's it's in the night. Nobody goes to the clubs in the daytime because in the day, every, <laughs> everything everything is seen, everything is visible. It's exposed, yeah. But in the night, it's in the darkest. And yeah, that's true. The, the scripture I was going to bring out was we find Romans 13, uh-huh. uh, how it says, Let us behave properly as in the day, not mm. in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and oh. sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Dang. So, I mean, right, right <laughs> there, it's, I mean, man, you know that anybody in the day is not, is not acting like, you know, scandalous or wanting to shake their butt or whatever it is, right? But in the nighttime, in the, in the nighttime, that's when the flesh just wants to let loose. Yeah. You, you know, had a hard day at work and you just yeah. want to relax. It's the covering of darkness over where, where, yeah. where it's... Even in the beginning of John, how it says that people in the dark do yeah. hate the light, the light. lesser de- evil deeds be exposed. You know, that, that's crazy how, you know, I didn't think about that scripture, but this is why theology matters. This is why the study of scripture scripture matters, because some of these issues that we're talking about, we're going to think, well, the Bible doesn't explicitly, you know, uh, keep us or there's no scriptures to say that I can't do this. But when you apply the scriptures like that, even... You know, to this going to a club, it it does. You can apply that, and so we we shouldn't go to a club because we shouldn't be doing it. This is the way we're supposed to behave as Christians. You know, so we get scriptures like that and apply it to our everyday lives, to every situation, and you're gonna see that the Bible does talk about these things. Uh, that's just crazy. I just realized that right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's because why because people fail to matters, see, bro. yeah, when people Dang. people fail to see the Bible as a as a continuum story, yeah. like a a, a, a a I don't know what you would call it, but I don't know, but just one full story. Because when you look at it as one full story, you're not trying to go in trying to take scripture, yeah, scripture out of out of out of uh, its context. You're not yeah. trying to pull out scripture for your benefit yeah. or or for your I guess guidance, but instead you're looking at the whole Bible as a whole. And looking as as how is it how it all points to Jesus. Yeah. And by that scope, when we're able to look at the Bible through that type of lens, then we're able to to understand that hey, like we're living for Him. Yeah. Like we're not living by the set of rules that the Bible's giving us, but more so we're living for godliness. Yeah. And look, so 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 going to a club. Now let's talk about the the way that you dress. So when you go to a club. How are you dressing? How are the how are the girls, <clears throat> the women, how are they dressing? Very promiscuous, attractive. Very, you know, just showing off a lot of skin. You know, that's like the the club scene where you see, yeah. you know, all the girls walking in with their high heels. You know, you know, cleavage all over the place and stuff. Tight dresses, yeah. short dresses. Yeah, and that's not the way that a godly woman should be dressing at all. Because the purpose is is to look nice for another man to look at you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same exactly. way, same way with the guys exactly. to look nice we're so trying, that a woman would look at you. Trying to be all swagged out, looking yeah. all firm and everything. Trying to, you're you're both trying uh-huh. to attract each other. Yeah. You know, you see one thing that you see in the in the clubs too is 
you know, people with their freedom of rise or big rims and everything, bumping music all out, trying to look cool, trying to be get the impressive, attention. trying to get the attention. So mm-hmm. everyone's trying to get the attention. Why? For this one goal of attracting, you know, another person to what? To ultimately fornicate. That's what it is. Pretty so much. Be straight out. Straight out. You're, you're, trying to, you're, you're trying to get some by the end of the night. No one goes to a club. I just feel like dancing. Dude, you know, you know, you know what I just thought about? <laughs> As we're talking about clubbing and, and, and all this thing, does today's, not even just today's, but just in general is how high schools and junior highs put on dances at schools. And a yeah. lot of this goes on yeah. at those dances. And I'm just thinking like, man, like, it's like the preparing how this, them. How, for yeah, exactly. This, like, yeah. like the schools are preparing yeah. people to go to the clubs yeah. and, and, and say that it's okay. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. Except the only difference from, you know, being in school and there yeah. is alcohol is involved. Yeah, exactly. Although at school, I do remember alcohol being involved, but behind oh, the scenes. Alcohol was very involved <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> but yeah, man. So look, so think about that. Uh-huh. A woman professing godliness. Hmm. Should she be... Dressing like the other women like that. So if you were to line up, you know, all these women or even these men, you know, would you be able to to distinguish or pick out which one's a Christian out of the bunch just based on the way that we're dressing? You know, if if you're if you're a Christian, you're going to a club and, and you're you're a man or woman. If you get lined up with the rest, are you blending in with them or are you set apart? First of all, I'm not saying that you should go to a club. I'm just saying that <laughs> the way that you dress, you know, in general, would you be distinguishable to the world as, hey, there's something different about this person right here? Because so, ultimately, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Be holy, for I am holy. That's what the Lord says. And you're talking right now just in context of clubs, right? As far as dressing-wise? Yeah, yeah well, well, yeah. I, my point is for the clubs that... that yeah. You really just can't dress. You know, no one's going to a club dressed modestly. There's no right answer. It was a trick question. <laughs> you shouldn't be at the club. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Wait, I, I, that one slipped my mind. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that that no one's trying to dress modest at a club. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, that no, that summed it up right. Yeah. So Victor, you get, look. You look like you got another scripture. No, no. Because because I, I was just thinking about the same thing too. Like. Are we talking? Are we going into dressing now? Or are we just talking? About well, yeah. Let's go into dressing now. Let's go into so dressing. So now the second point we're gonna go into our clothing. Our the our, way we dress. our 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 our. I don't know why I can't say that word. <laughs> our outer appearance. Yeah, okay. Because here's the thing that comes to that. A lot of people will say, "Well, you can't judge someone by their appearance, or you don't judge me by the way that I look." But um. I feel like everything, uh, not everything, but it involves the heart. What you, how you feel in your heart, how you think with, within yeah. you is the way that basically you're going to be dressing because uh, I, th- I think it's a proverb that says, as a, mind, as a man in his mind, so is he. Yeah. So it's like the way that you're dressing, the way it is. But I do like that point that you brought out, that it's a matter of holiness. Yeah. And I feel like if that's missing in the church a lot yeah is holiness a sense of holiness being set apart just as that scripture that you opened up not being conformed to this world because this world will they'll tell you dress how you want be who you want to be yeah. don't let anybody tell you what yeah what to do and then so they so then when it comes to the bible they go, oh it's religion and, and yeah you know, when you're actually trying to live up to what the bible says now all of a sudden you're religious yeah, yeah. and so i think when it comes to Christ- christianity for those who are taking their walks serious and not playing games, uh, it's it has to do a lot with the way that you dress. Yeah. I mean, first off, let's make the scene from club to, to Christianity now. You don't want to dress the same way that you do at a club when you're going to a church. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to tempt yeah. the men there. You don't want to give anybody, like Justin said in the last podcast, being a stum- stumbling block to your brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it does do a lot with the way that you dress. And I do have a scripture for that. Ooh, because right. a lot of people will say, well, uh, it's not in the Bible and, you know, this and that. Chapter and verse, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see what the, the, what the Bible has to say. First Timothy, chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 9. Likewise, <clears throat> I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper 
for women making a claim to godliness. There you go. Now, I hear this, it's, it's referring to the women, but I believe this applies to men, too. Oh, yeah. Of course, of yeah. Because this is talking about men and women in the church in context. That's what it's mm-hmm. talking about. And so, especially anybody who, who's leading, even worship, being up there. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't want to tempt the men. Yeah. You, you want to dress properly, not just in the outer appearance, but by good works as well. But as proper for anybody who's going to confess godliness, anybody who's going to confess the name of Christ, yeah, must dress modestly. Amen. And I do have to admit something right now. Dang. Oh. Are you ready? Oh. <laughs> you don't dress modestly. No, this has been oh. a personal struggle of mine because why? Because we come from the streets, and you know what? I li- I like to dress. You know, I like my Chucks and my Nike Cortezes, and I like my Dickies. You know what I mean? But that has been a personal struggle of mine and a conviction of mine that when I put my, you know, when I'm when I'm dressing, do I do I, do I look like a cholo or something? Like, do I look like like what image are you trying to yeah, portray? Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a real hard struggle of mine. Like, I like the like the bow down shirts, you know, that has Orange uh-huh, County yeah, yeah. on them, or you know, they have a store at the main place mall, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so, just recently, like a couple months ago, I bought two shirts. I bought a. a a shirt that says Orange County on it. It has a bow down. It has an orange. Like, oh, that's me. pretty feed me right there. Eh? <laughs> and I bought one that says Huntington Beach because that's where I'm from. And so, dang. yeah, that's, that's, I bought those, but then I got convicted right away, dude. I was like, dang, like, should I be dressing like this still? Am I going to be that, that, that 50 year old dude still d- dressing like a youngster, you know, with my thickies and Cortezes and baggy pants? Although, I, I I've I've switched up my dickies. I don't. I used to wear the dickies with the small pocket on the side, the the extra baggy ones. I mm-hmm. I get the the fitted work ones now. You know what I mean. So that's been a, a personal struggle of mine to really you know change that. You know I'm trying to grow in that. You know I don't want to seem like 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 if someone's looking at me that doesn't know me and they they see the way I'm dressed. Yeah. I don't want them to think like I'm a cholo or something. You know. That's why you gotta carry your Bible around, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause cause like and this is my own personal struggle, man. Like I don't like. Like skinny jeans, I don't like tight clothing. I like my clothes to be a little bit loose. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't want to look too thuggish, but you know that's just the style. You know what I mean? That's just my style, I guess. Yeah, it's also a way of keeping your testimony. Yeah. Because I remember going out to do uh, Bible studies. We used to do Wednesday night Bible studies at our church, and uh, we'd go to our all our old neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, so we I go with my days. shaved head yeah. and everything. So. Post it up on the wall. <laughs> Post it up on the with wall. With a Bible? No. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but uh, someone came up to me once and uh, and told me this. Um, you shouldn't be dressing like a gangster. If you're yeah. trying to outreach to me, if you're trying to, to, to win me over, you're you're not doing it properly by dressing the same way. And that was an unbeliever, right? And that was an unbeliever. So yeah. even the world will say that if you, if you say you have pricing, it should, it should be uh, noticeable by your appearance. <laughs> yeah. So mm. even the world recognizes, the world recognizes yeah, yeah, that you're supposed to be not like me. You're not supposed. To, I'm not supposed to see me and you. I'm supposed to be seeing something different in you. Yeah. And so the way that we dress, it does say a lot. You know. So. Um, I also have a scripture to even just go alongside with what Victor was saying, and it's First Peter three, starting in verse three, um, and it says, "Do not let your adorning be external." And it goes on saying the braiding of the hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart yeah. with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And so as we're talking clothing, outer appearance, we're talking women clothing and also we're talking men clothing. Yeah. Just as uh, Martin was talking about how how sometimes he's convicted by some of the things he wears because it reminds him of his old lifestyle. And even too, in the same way, what, what we're wearing a lot of times, like what is, why are we wearing the things we wear? Yeah. Like, are we like for, for myself, I, I didn't, you know, wear dickies or anything like that, but sometimes I'll wear really fitted clothes that would, um, I guess you would say show off some physique or I guess you would say like, 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 I guess the muscles, right? On the, the man's muscles. body. <laughs> the muscles. I always say that to my son. Muscles. 
But I mean, like, our, our, what is the purpose of some of the clothes we get? What is the purpose yeah. of some of the clothes we're wearing? Like, like, is this, are we buying these clothes to wear because they're comfortable or because they look nice? Or are we wearing these clothes because we know it's going to draw the attention of somebody? Yeah. And yeah. so that goes, I mean, I mean, here it's talking about the women, but us two as men, I mean, just like you said, Orange County, like, yeah. that's going to, obviously, you know. If I'm walking down <laughs> the streets of Santa Ana, I'm wearing, I'm wearing those kind of clothes, I'm going to get hit up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you go if you go out, for sure, if you're wearing that outside of Orange yeah. County. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that comes with a sense of pride, too. Yeah. Which is something that needs to be killed in us. The pride that you have yeah. in, the, in the way that you dress. You know, when you're thinking like, man, I look feedman today, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says yeah. let others, you know, speak well of you, let others honor you, you know, so us as married men, we should, should we be dressing in a way like that our wives are going to, you know, compliment us? Like, should we be dressing um, like, since I am not my own, I am my wife's, I am the Lord's. Yeah, our bodies are each other's. Yeah, our bodies yeah. are each other's, so I should, should, should I be more focused well, should I be something like, like, oh, you know, I'm dressing like this because my wife likes it when I dress like this or something like that? Me, personally, mm-hmm. whenever, um, like, not on a work day, whenever we go out, me and my wife, a lot of times when we get ready, we always try matching each other. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's just cute. weird. That's cute. Yeah, we're okay. cute. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was a little awkward. Right? That was just playing. You, you were on the real. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, but, like, like, we always ask each other, what are you wearing? Oh, what are you wearing? You know, like, like, like at least like color scheme wise. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. know. We 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 like no, doing that's that. That's cool. That's cool. We man. like doing that's that. Cool. And 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 then at the same time too, like if I see something Julie's wearing, that might be a little revealing. Depending on where we're going, um, I would say you know what, maybe maybe you should change that to this yeah. or whatever. So you're holding each other accountable. Yeah, like we're holding this. each other yeah, accountable okay. by what we're wearing because obviously yeah. we're of the opposite sex, so we know okay. what is appealing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And okay. at the same time, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> At the same time, nothing. <laughs> so yeah. oh yeah, so that's what okay, I was gonna add. Sorry, go. sorry, sorry. So even so, like like how we just mentioned in the scripture, it was saying women. Yeah, it it it's a stomach block for some of the men, and and you know you might say, well, then men need to control themselves. But also too, I would even nah. ask. I mean, not ask. I would even say that it would be a stomach block for the wives of the husbands, because what. Let, let's say, how, how would a wife, let's say there's, there's a married couple going to a church and in that church, the worship leader or, or whomever, a leader, a woman that, 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 that is in, in that congregation is dressing promiscuously or dressing in a way that's revealing, right? How would a married woman going into there with her husband feel comfortable bringing her husband with her? Knowing that the, that, husband, that the eyes how, of the husband he, would yeah. be looking... You know, like the husband, how, how we're supposed, we're men of God. We're the leaders of the, of the home. How can we let our wives go out like that? Knowing that other men might be looking at her. Yeah. Like that's, that's weird. So, um, I just lost my train of thought too, for some reason. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 no, that's why whenever we're dressing. Oh, no, okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Go so on. what I was going to say is that I don't care who you are. I'm talking to men right now. I don't care how many years you have in the faith. I don't care if you're, you know, a pastor of this big old church. You're not immune to the lust of the mind. Of if if you see a woman dressing like that, I don't think any man's gonna be, you know, immune to to thinking a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like men, I don't I don't know what's up with us, but. You know, as far as for me, that's why I try to stay away from some things like that. Cause you mm-hmm. know, just one little, you know, sight of something can flip the whole mind upside down. And you're not even you're even if you're trying to stay away, later on it's just gonna pop in your head. You know what I mean? And then there begins that war. You know, so it's better to to abstain from that. You know, and so women professing godliness shouldn't be tempting. You know. Mm. The other brothers in Christ in that way, because why? Because we're this body still a sin, you know what I mean? We 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 still sin in that way. That's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, yes. as the scripture yeah. says. To be sober minded. To as be sober minded. Well. So yeah, man. You know? If you think about that too, when you when you 
add in that scripture as well yeah. to be sober minded and then also to to be alert. Yeah. To be ready. Yeah, be ready. Because then when, when we're sober minded, we're able to put into submission some of these thoughts. Yeah. Cause, when hey, things don't, like that cause come around. Don't front, man. I'm just gonna take it. Don't front. Every man has struggled with that, with the lustful thoughts. Yeah. Every man has struggled with that. Let's be real. Let's be real. We every man has it struggles with, with that. So it's better for for that's why the scriptures tells tells us these kind of things because we're supposed to hold each other accountable as brothers and sisters in Christ. So, I mean, in the congregation, we're all in this together. I ain't trying to make you stumble. Don't try to make me stumble. We're trying to edify each other, build each other up. Yeah, it's not a point of a finger to women. Yeah. It's also towards the men. As yeah, well. It's yeah. not even a point of the finger at all. It's more of just encouraging yeah. and edifying each other to grow and, and help each yeah. other keep account- uh, accountability. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, using wisdom in the way that you dress. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, when you're in your comfort of your own home, whatever, you know, yeah. you're, you're in your comfort of your own home, but don't dress that same way when you're outside your house. Yeah. What you do in your house... Uh, that's how you, that's between that's, you and your yeah, husband, that's yeah. between you and your wife. That's between you and God, too. Yeah. That, that's, that's right there. Yeah. But outside, just use wisdom in the way that you dress. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen, yeah. pastor. <laughs> And so, so you said something right now. You said be sober minded. What segue yeah. into the next? See one. how it all connects, bro. Okay, so you talk about being sober minded. So let's talk about then smoking weed, smoking tobacco, smoking cigars. Is it a sin to smoke? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I would say yes too. Yes, yes. I would say yes, and and so with that. I would just like to read this real quick from it's a little story of a man named Charles Spurgeon. Any reformed person knows who Charles Spurgeon is. Who He's is that? Prince of preachers. <laughs> that the theology was on point. He he was you know uh, top notch when it comes to you know theology. When it comes to the doctrines of the Bible, he's up there. Can we can we pause for a second? Okay. And just say, man, I give props to a lot of the preachers and teachers, pastors from before the internet. <laughs> How much homework they had to do oh, digging yeah. into the word. It's crazy. Huh? I never thought about that, dude. Like, I mean, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, I mean, just like, you know, we, we have a set list of, of topics we're, we're talking about in this episode and in any episode, right? Yeah. And we go and we look up scriptures. Sometimes I forget scriptures. And so we I can look to, up articles. Yeah, you look quick, up like keywords yeah, yeah. of the scriptures on yeah. Google and it pulls up the scripture for you. Commentaries, all kinds of stuff. Commentaries. We have a podcast that we can listen yeah. to. We have YouTube where we can yeah, listen to preachers. But man, but back then, all they had was the preacher in their city and the Bibles. That's crazy, dude. And a lot of them, man, all that's all that was their main source was the Bible. Reading that, dang, they had to do a lot of homework, a lot of digging, a lot of uh, chopping it up. Yeah, the word of God says those men are worthy of double honor. Yeah, dude. And think about when you read their writings, we're still learning from them today. You know what I mean? That's how you know it's the it's the word of God. Because it, it didn't, it does, it's not yeah, coming back void. It's oh, still, you I, yeah, we can yeah, still yeah. apply it. So you, you go back in time, you go, let's say someone's like A.W. Pink, and then you go, well, A.W. Pink was more older, but Martin Lloyd, Lloyd Jones and A.W. Pink, and you go back to Spurgeon, and you go back in time to, you know, John Calvin and Martin Luther, and you go back all the way down to the beginning to Augustine, and then you go to uh, Moses, Polycarp, and <laughs> Moses, <laughs> and and you go down to the disciples of John, and that the people that were learning from from the apostles themselves. The first five books of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, because four thousand. <laughs> no, because 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 there there in yeah. church history there's even people that learned directly from the apostle Peter, the apostle John. I think I. They yeah. get and then they they're walking directly with Jesus. So it's it's crazy how it's like a timeline. Church history is interesting, bro. That's crazy. And it's amazing to see how the Bible continues to hold its weight yeah. through the test of time. Yeah. You don't crazy. hear of books that people have written that continue to hold its weight that people continually read from it. Yeah. That's crazy. For for you know, however long the Bible itself, from what we know it today, That's has crazy. been holding up. But um, when it comes to Charles Spurgeon, I'm going to have to put him on blast right now. Shout out to Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> he doesn't hear it, <laughs> he but it's okay. Me, bro. But anyway, so, so 
So him being having the nickname as a prince of preachers, right? And this is something, wait for it. All my reformed folks, don't lose your head. This is on a point that I'm going to have to disagree with Charles Spurgeon. What? 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 Dang. You mean I we don't was... disagree blindly to everything that no, people say? Dang. I just don't take it out their word. What? Because watch, check this out. Let me read this. So we're talking about smoking, right? And everybody knows about Charles Spurgeon, the way he smoked, okay? What did he smoke? Let's read this. Watch. Okay. In 1874, Dr. George F. Pentecost, a Baptist pastor from America, visited the tabernacle, and Spurgeon had him sit on the platform for the evening service. Spurgeon preached strongly and plainly upon the necessity of giving up sin in order to success in prayer, and he spoke against the seemingly unimportant little habits Namely, many Christians practice that keep them from, the fellow, from true fellowship with God. After concluding his sermon, he asked Dr. Pentecost to speak, suggest, suggesting especially that he applied the principle he himself had declared. It is probable Dr. Pentecost did not know that, that Spurgeon smoked. At any rate... He had applied Spurgeon's principle by telling of his own experience in giving up cigars. He said, one thing I liked exceedingly, the best cigar that could be bought, yet he felt the habit was wrong in the life of a Christian, and he strove to overcome it. The habit, however, proved so strong that he found himself enslaved. So after much struggling, he took his cigar box before the Lord, cried desperately for help, and was given a complete victory. He told with much praise to God how he had been enabled to defeat the habit throughout his words. Throughout his words ran the idea that smoking was not only an enslaving habit, but that the Christian must look on it as sin. We must assume that if ever in his lifetime Spurgeon was embarrassed, it was now. He arose and stated, Well, dear friends, you know that some men can do to the glory of God what other men would be a sin. And, not with and notwithstanding what Brother Pentecost has said, I intend to smoke a, a good cigar to the glory of God before I go to bed tonight. If anybody can show me in the Bible the command, Thou shalt not smoke, I am ready to keep it, but I haven't found it yet. I find ten commandments, and it is as much as I can do to keep them. And I have no desire to make them eleven or twelve. The fact is, I have been speaking to you about real sin, and not about listening to mere quibbles and scribbles. Whatsoever, then he quotes, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And that, and that is a real point of what my brother Pentecost was saying. And then he goes, okay, yeah, and then what Pentecost was saying, why a man may think it is a sin to have his boots blacked, well then, let him give it up and have them whitewashed. I wish to say I am not ashamed of anything, whatever I do, and I don't feel that smoking makes me ashamed, and therefore I mean to smoke to the glory of God. So, the, so this guy, Dr. Pentecost, came to Charles Spurgeon's um, um, church, and Spurgeon's you know, preach the hard sermon about giving up sin, even the little sins in our, of our life that, you know, uh, block us from really, you know, having true fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. So then Spurgeon calls Dr. Pentecost to speak in front of everybody. And then he t Dr. Pentecost talks about how, you know, he was able to overcome sin and he came with his box of cigars to, to God and he overcame. And then Spurgeon walks up and says, well, I don't find no such commandment in the Bible where it's a sin to, to, to smoke. So I'm going to smoke cigars to the glory of God before I go to bed tonight. Moment of silence. Think it over. Think it over. So according to Charles Spurgeon, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't feel <laughs> that smoking a cigar was a sin. Okay. But then you have this other guy who was, he said he was enslaved to it, and for him it was a sin. Slave to the rhythm. <laughs> so, 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 so Spurgeon didn't see it as sin. This other man did see it as sin. Who was correct in this? Well, if the one guy 
was convicted by it, he did rightly by putting it off. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. I would say Spurgeon, knowing that this was this guy's conviction, probably should not have even said that. That's just my take. <laughs> That's just my take because it takes it, it takes us back to the uh, the food, yeah. eating of the of the food that was sacrificed to idols. Yeah. Right. It says that though we know we could eat that food, because we know that to to whom it was sacrificed to, they they're, they're nothing. Yeah. We know that we could eat that food, but at the same time, because it's in the conviction of another believer, I shouldn't be eating that. Yeah. Unless he is to stumble because of his conviction over it. At the same time, Spurgeon, hearing his brother out after hearing him, hearing about how he was so convicted by it, right? That he, in the same way, probably shouldn't have even mentioned that, oh, you know what? To the glory of God, I'm going to smoke one tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That was like one of those savage moments. No, yeah, I was going to say that. When you read that, that, to me, that sounds like a sense of pride right there. It's like, well, well, for you it is, but for me, like, I'm going to do this no matter what you say. And you can't tell me, don't don't bring up the Bible because I can't find it. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's what it sounded like to me when you read that. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you smoke cigars, uh, you're not supposed to inhale. So they say that it's not addictive or it's not as addictive but we clearly see that this guy dr pentecost was enslaved to it what well, is, is there nicotine i think there is in yeah. tobacco and in, in cigars yeah i think there is i mean but no not, sorry not tobacco yeah cigars sorry. yeah but you're not supposed to inhale that's the thing yeah, yeah. so it doesn't become an uh an addiction so people can be addicted to cigarettes oh yeah, yeah. my dad my dad is an example of what i've seen growing up yeah he would have a pack a day yeah so so he got this guy, he said he was enslaved to it, and it was a sin. And he came crying before the Lord with his box of cigars and crying before the Lord and how he was enslaved. See, look, I can see both sides, actually, because the scripture that we read uh, on the part one, it says that all things are permissible, but not all things are acceptable, you know, but I won't be in, uh, overcome by anything. I won't be enslaved to anything. So... If this man was enslaved to it, for him it was sin. And so mm-hmm. he was able to give it up. But if Charles Spurgeon was not enslaved to it, and maybe he was an occasional smoker, I don't know, I'm not too sure if he was, you know, a heavy smoker or whatever. But for him it was not a sin. Yeah. So. It's the same thing as drinking. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Just, just because... Um, for you, it's not a sin or whatever it is. Doesn't mean you should be putting on blast and like I'm a smoke. Yeah. For, forget everybody else. Yeah. Because uh, that same quote that they they quote, I, I saw in like T-shirts or. or in oh yeah! Oh, I see, and that's the thing. Like, that and they use yeah, that. and they use you know? Charles Spurgeon as as a affirming, yeah, license to smoke. Yeah. So that's why I said even on part one that we see our reformed even Calvinists with mm-hmm. their beards and their cigars and their and their and their beer. And they're, and they're using Charles Spurgeon as a, well, this is the prince of preachers. This is the, the head guy of, you know, their theology is on point and, you know, he can do no wrong. So if he smoked, well, then I can Why smoke not? But, but, yeah. but is he Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's just a man. You know? Hey, but, and like I said, I'm going to have to disagree with Spurgeon on this part. But did you die? I think I, I, I do believe that smoking is a sin, whether it's a cigar, whether it's a cigarette, whether it's weed, especially weed. I think uh, it is a sin. I would like to add something to this conversation. So, um, what's it called? Where is it? In Galatians five nineteen to twenty one, it goes on to say that the basically the sinful nature, yeah. right? The things that come with the sinful nature and drunkenness, carousing, and and other things. And one of the things that it points out is sorcery. And if you look at the root for sorcery before meaning before it was it was changed or uh, translated translated to English text. Its original word was pharmakeia, which uh, which is sorcery, which we know as sorcery today. But back then, pharmakeia, back then, it, uh, let me see where is it. It says that sorcerers uh-huh. in the olden times used herbal and odd concoctions. To induce drug highs, and so sorcery 
would be bas- uh, basically the practice of doing that back then, which was basically um, taking in herbs and, and other different things and mixing it up and trying to get these type of drug highs or epiphanies or, or these type of, uh, to awaken a spiritual realm. Yeah, yeah. They would, they would uh, be, get under the influence to call on spirits. Now, this doesn't have to do with tobacco, but because we're also addressing weed, right? Smoking marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> and so what, what, what does weed do? It does alter the mind. Yeah. Some might say, well, no, it doesn't. But have you heard of anyone getting smoked out on a cigarette? <laughs> you know what's funny, dude? I don't know if I should say this story. But anyways, when I was, we're youngsters. We're, we, me and one of the homies, we didn't have any weed. And so we're we're trying to get high on cigarettes. Like, we were young. We were stupid. But we, 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 we got two cigarettes and tried to smoke them at the same time and just smoke them real quick to the head. Yeah. It's not a good feeling at all. You know what that, remi- that reminds me? That reminds me of Friday. <laughs> what, was it Friday? I don't know. I don't know where, where, know, where Smokey has, like, a bunch of cigarettes. No, I don't know. I, remember I don't know what part. movie it was. Yeah, I don't know what kind of movie you're watching, bro, but... Damn. <laughs> No, but nah. So, so you can't get high off of cigarettes. But nah. what cigarettes do do is, it, you get lightheaded. Not only do you get lightheaded, but it goes to the nerves. People people smoke cigarettes to calm the anxiety, to calm nerves, and you mm-hmm. feel like a, a peace. I guess when people smoke cigarettes. So the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but to pray about everything. Yeah. So, a lot of people they turn to cigarettes to calm their nerves instead of going. In prayer before the Lord, mm-hmm. or bowing down before the Lord, or having worship, the the response that a Christian should have in any point of anxiety or anything is worship. I'm not saying it's wrong that you, that that yeah you have anxiety. I'm just saying that the response is to bow down before the Lord in prayer. In the Bible, yeah. oh yeah, Jesus finish. said that, "Come unto me, yeah. all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. For my you know my yoke is easy, my burden is light." Yeah. So what are you doing when you're when you're lighting up a cigarette? You're turning away from that, and you're finding your peace. It's almost this, like your own understanding, right? You're yeah. leaning on your own understanding because yeah. you know that this cigarette will calm my nerves. Yeah, and it's a quick fix. So now you don't have to bow down before the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. If only I get just, that smoke break. Yeah. I can't wait to get my smoke break yeah. because I'm going to calm my nerves. I'm yeah. a little upset today. Yeah, exactly. Instead of going, bowing down before the Lord and just, you know... Being in the spirit and in, in, in prayer, you're giving that up. And that is sin. Yeah. That is sin. So we're talking about weed. So a lot of people will say, you know, it's legal. You know, what about, you know, medicinal marijuana where, you know, I need it because, you know, for the same reason it causes my nerves or I have too much anxiety and it gives me peace. And uh, and so so people will make that argument. Well, God made it, right? God, yeah. it's a plant. Let me just say, that. I hate it when people use the book of Genesis <laughs> to justify smoking weed. I mean, in the book of Genesis, it says he made plants for food, not to smoke. <laughs> and not only this, but check this out. Check this out. The first commandment of God, the first law of God was to make a plant illegal. And so we weren't allowed to eat from that forbidden tree. Ah. Uh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> so weed is not meant to be smoked. There's other uses for, for, for weed, believe it or not. What? Topical use. You can, you know, make it into a cream and it really does help. It's like Ben Ben Gay. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It comes, you know, it helps the oil with your that muscles. Comes from it. Yeah. So that C B D oil then. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I'm just saying. I had a we. I don't. I don't know. If you remember, we had a homie. He would play soccer, and so they get their muscles. They get sore a lot when they run, and he will get the the bud leaves, and mix it in with alcohol, and he'll rub it all over his legs to to help. Oh yeah, him my grandma pain. used to have that. Yeah. So that's a proper use because you're not you know taking advantage of it or abusing it, and it's not altering your mind. Mm-hmm. So there are proper uses in in the topical sense, but once it alters your your state of mind. Why? Because when your when your when your mind is altered, now you don't have no control of your thoughts. Yeah. And when you don't have any control of your thoughts, now your mind's gonna be prone to wandering. Not only that, but anything can walk in there. I'm talking about that, and that's why 
the sorcerers when they do witchcraft they would get under the influence because it, it they they basically give themselves over to the spirits and they take over their mind yeah so, so it's an open door it's an open for demonic spirits forces, to happen yeah. Yeah. so lastly now one that i thought we had just earlier but we we should bring up now is tattoos tattoos all right so just a show of hands who here has a tattoo all right, so the listeners, do you see that? No. <laughs> There's no video. <laughs> but if you didn't already see, I am the only one that doesn't have a tattoo. And so, yeah, I got a couple of tats. A, couple a messed tattoo. Up. <laughs> Come on, mate, I got a couple <laughs> messed up tats. I got one on my head. So, you know, I mean, I like to buzz my head, but then you see the big old tattoo on the side of my head. And I have his commandments tattooed on the tablet <laughs> of my heart now. So I would say that this one's a tricky one. Can we definitely say it is a sin to get a tattoo or is not a sin to get a tattoo? A lot well, of, well, a lot first, of people let's go to let's go to the scripture. Okay, so every, the only commandment that we do see in scripture mm-hmm. to not get a tattoo is in the book of Leviticus. Oh, it's in Leviticus. It's the Old Testament. You're we still, don't live by the old law. We're not trying to be bound by the law. All right, we're not under the law. This is why. Theology matters. Okay. First, before we go to that scripture where where the tattoo scripture, I'd like to go to... Excuse me. To uh, the chapter before. Because the the tattoo scripture is in the book of Leviticus chapter 19, I believe. Yeah. So let's go to 18, uh, verse 1. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You, excuse me, I had a burp, sorry. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall not, I mean, you shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. And so, so check this out. The whole story of Moses and setting the Israelites free and crossing the river, going to the promised land, is all a type and shadow of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moses being a type of Jesus coming to set his people free from Egypt, which will be, you know, sin. Sin. Yeah. They're in bondage, they're enslaved. Romans chapter 5 says we're slaves to sin, bringing his people out to the promised land. Through many trials, the, 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 the book of Revelation says, you know, through many trials, we shall, you know, come into, you know, eternal life. Through, through many, uh, I forget the wording exactly, but through many trials and tribulations, we, talk, we shall enter eternal life. Yeah. And so we got that. And so now crossing the river is baptism, is a sign of baptism. Mm-hmm. And then coming through the other side and going to the promised land, which is eternal life. So the whole that whole story is a type of shadow of Jesus leading his people, setting his people free from sin and leading them into the promised land and to eternal life. And so if we're talking about Egypt, it's talking about being and in, in, in not walking as the world does. In Ephesians chapter 4, do not walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. Mm-hmm. So we need to establish this. This is important. Because if we're, we're talking about not doing these things, as we're going to read in the next chapter, these are customs that, um, that were pagan. They're pagan customs. They were, they're, if we put it in today's language, they're worldly customs. They're things that the world does. And so the Lord calls us out of the world and how we've already established that our bodies are not our own. We're, we're either, you know, I am, I am the Lord's, my body belongs to my wife. Either way, I deny myself. I deny my flesh. I am not my own. I am not my own. So let's, having established that, and now we go to the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 19, now it's going to take you to a bunch of commandments where I don't think that if you read this chapter, anyone's gonna, and no one's going to disagree that we shouldn't do those things. It talks about, you know, uh, sac- uh, hold on real quick. Get twisted. So the portion I want to focus on says, "You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle 
breed with different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. You shall not wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. So the, the first couple of ones, it says, it's, it's logical. You're not going to let two kinds of different animals, you know, uh, try to get it on with each other. It's abomination to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't let a cat, you know, and a dog. Try so you to, can't mix you know, a cat and an eagle? Yeah, it's and an get, abomination. Like, some cool you know? looking so that's, that's logical, right? We shouldn't do that. And so when it comes to um, uh, planting two kinds of seeds, mm-hmm. you're not going to plant a, a corn seed and a tomato seed in the same you know, environment. That's why you always see that they're always separated. You have the corn field, you have tomato field, you have different kinds of field for different kinds of crops. Mm-hmm. That's logical, right? So now when it comes to wearing different kinds of garments of cloth, I'm going to admit something. I need to study more up on that because, you know, the clothing that we wear, it is mixed, right? Like yeah. it's 98% cotton and other, so I admit it's an area that I need to study upon. But then it goes on to, to uh, if a man lies sexually with a woman who is a slave assigned to another man and not yet ransom or given her freedom, you know, you shouldn't do that. It talks about, you know, sexual immorality. And it comes in when you come into the, in verse 23, it says, when you come into the land, and plant any kind of tree. This this little portion right here is talking about just letting the fruit grow to its correct timing, and then you can pluck it. So it's forbidding you to eat the fruit before it's you know fully developed, which is logical, right? I don't think no one would disagree with that. And then verse twenty six, or yeah, verse twenty six, you shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. You shall not Makes sense. interpret omens or tell fortunes. You shall not round off the hair of your temples. Or mar the edges of your beard. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. So first it, it talks about um, not eating you know, flesh with blood in it. I don't think no one wants to eat a, a bloody piece of meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's logical too. But then it goes, you shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes. So witchcraft, you know, doing going to those, you know, palm readers. I know a lot of a lot of Hispanics like to, you know, get they're, they're all into that. But the Bible tells us not to do that. But then it goes about, you know, cutting your beard a certain way. These, When it comes to things like like the garments that you wear or cutting your beard, the whole point of these kind of laws is holiness. That you're a distinct person so that the outsiders can see what kind of God do these people have. Mm-hmm. It's not like ours. Because the pagan gods, they didn't care about their people. It's all about... You trying to satisfy them by doing all these kinds of rituals and sacrifices, and you're, you're trying to, to, to win their salvation. They didn't really care. The, those pagan gods, they didn't really care about as people. So the whole point of, you know, things about, you know, the things you wear or the way you cut your beard, it's all holiness. It's testimony that our God is not like your gods. Our God is in the highest places, and he is holy, he is set apart. He is not like us. So then it goes on saying, you shall not make cuts in your body. You shall not cut yourself or tattoo yourself. First it says, you shall not cut yourself. Um, you shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. And where we established our bodies are not our own. Yeah. And so cutting yourself for the dead, a lot of people get it confused where they say, oh, you shouldn't get a tattoo for the dead. No, it says you shouldn't cut yourself. For the dead. And then it says, do not tattoo yourselves. And I don't see no uh, commandment or something in the New Testament where it says that that was abolished or something. We know that we know that, that the other, uh, there's different kinds of laws, right? Some are civil laws, some are dietary laws. Yeah. And we have in the book of Acts where Jesus declared, you know, talking about the Gentiles as well as food, saying, saying that all things are, are clean. Right, mm-hmm. and so when you talk about getting tattoos, I think it's a matter of the flesh. You know, there's you know Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter eight. Is that the carnal mind, that the the the, the mind that is set on the flesh is death, and so I think that um, it's not wise to get a tattoo. I said all that just to come to that conclusion. It's not wise to get a tattoo. I think it's worldly. I don't think it's proper for saints, and I think it's something that we need to mature in. You feel me? Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's more so just appearance. Because yeah, 
what I'm going to put on my body as far as if it's a tattoo, most likely is something that I think is like an art piece, right? Yeah. Or something that looks good. Because at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the tattoo is going to draw attention, just like clothing. Yeah. Right? Instead, we're clothing our skin with this. Yeah. Right? I mean, nobody gets a tattoo just to hide it. Yeah, exactly. So, so what would you say to, to those who say, well, I'm going to get a, a scripture tattooed up? What Justin said earlier, that the scriptures are tattered on our heart, bruh. The Holy Spirit guides us. Like, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he, you will remember all things. That's exactly how it is in our Christian walk. If, if we're not really reading our word, how, you, how are we supposed to be reminded of things that we haven't heard or we haven't read? Yeah. So that's why it's important to get into the scriptures. And God really, like, puts his word in your heart. So there's no need to get, I think just that is just a cop out just to say, I want to get tatted, you know? Yeah. Cause I would, I would, I'm pretty sure you guys could agree with me too, that even like situations happen, maybe I see a movie, um, but basically there would be an instance where something happens and right away in my head clicks the scripture. Yeah. Yep, it reminds me yeah. just of the situation, yeah. what should happen, what shouldn't happen, or maybe even just what I should be doing in this moment. Yeah. And so that's what it's talking about, like how uh, Martin mentioned er, uh, just right now about the Holy Spirit will remind us of all things. Yeah. Well, how are we going to be reminded of these things if we're not reading? If we're reading our word, the Holy Spirit will remind us of it. Yeah, exactly. How is the Holy Spirit going to remind you of something you haven't read? Mm-hmm. And so to close off, I'm not, if, if I see, you know, my brother or my sister, they get tatted up. I'm not going to, you know, outcast them and say, you know what, you're not in the Lord anymore. You, you know, I'm not going to treat them as an outsider. I'm going to love them regardless. I'm going to, uh, you know, keep them in prayer, but I'm not going to have any kind of wrong feelings or being, you know, quote unquote judgmental to them. I, I'm not going to think bad of my brother if he gets attacked. Yeah. I think it's unwise. I don't think it's proper for saints, but I'm not going to put down my brother if he gets one either. Yeah, that's just me, and that's but, something too that yeah. we've also talked about too within our our group that we have here. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We talked. We, these these are topics that we've talked in the church about, so it's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say three things when it comes to is it a, a sin or just the topics that we we're talking yeah. about right now: uh, growth, wisdom, and holiness. Yeah. It's growing in your faith. It's using using wisdom as you're walking in this world, and remember, keep it holy. Yeah. Yeah. So, even in some jobs, they don't let you get tattoos, you know? So, it's improper even for the world sometimes to, to not be tatted up. So, think about mm-hmm. that. And so, as we close, I just want to ask you this question in regards to tattoos. Can you get a tat without being prideful? Can you get a tat without a certain form of self-exaltation? Can you get a tat without having, you know, some sort of self-thought in mind? That's the question I want you guys to ponder. And I'll close out with this. A quote from John Piper. It says, All self-exaltation is a re-crucifixion of Christ because he died to kill pride. Every boast, therefore, mocks the suffering of Jesus. And every humble attitude, every humble act of faith glorifies the grace of God in Christ. John Piper. Yep. I think that's pretty dope. And to add to that, even in First Peter, uh, Paul goes on to say, how you've been saying throughout this podcast that mm-hmm. we are not our own. Yeah. Our bodies are Christ and his. And then also too, as husband, the, the body is towards the wives, wives is to the husband. So if, if we are under um, Christ, then when you really look at it in that picture, it, it just more so just means a light. Like the purpose of the things that we are doing are we really doing this for, for Christ? Like, is this something that Christ is putting on my heart to do or is this something yeah. I'm doing because I want it? Yep. Because I feel like I, I, that this will look nice or, 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 or is this glorifying? Like, I mean, we, we could say a lot of things and a lot of things we do and maybe even aware that we could say, oh, you know what, this, is glorifying, this will bring God glory. But at the same time, will it really bring him glory or are you just saying that as a cop out? Yeah. Because there is something Be that God will, there, there are some things that God will tell us. And, and I guess that's the difference between sacrifice and obedience. Yeah. God desires obedience over sacrifice. Yeah. And so, yeah. 
ponder these things. If you have any rebukes, comments, or concerns, and like how Justin said last time, if you got a rebuke, uh, we require a chapter and verse, please. <laughs> <laughs> so hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, share this episode. What's the email? Reformrasa at gmail.com. Hit us up. And we thank you guys for listening, for enduring. We went a little long this time, but I think it's necessary. So may God be glorified through the edification of the saints. And until next time, soli Deo Gloria. A rato vato. A rato vato. Because this is for the last. This is for the last. This is for the last.